save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. everyone and welcome back to Star Fellows, your favorite D&D podcast in a galaxy far, far away. I'm your Dungeon Master Rob, and with me, as always, are my friends, Han. What's up? Amelia Sam. What's good? And B. Renan. How's it going? The order's still different, but I anticipated <laughs> it this time, so we're good. It's <laughs> so much worse than it. We just gotta change our nicknames again on Discord. Mm-hmm. Okay, where we last left off, the party had settled in for the night in a uh, covert, secret, uh, bounty hunter, black market, ne'er-do-well hideout that Digo Nevada sussed out for you guys in the city of Midgar, an industrial polluted city owned by the Circa Corporation in the Yellow Wastes, um, the desert area on Kajik, the corporate overlords at Circa Arms have uh, subjugated some of the Wookiees through wage labor <laughs> and exploiting their natural resources, true to the capitalist hellscape that we live in. And uh, now the party has infiltrated the city with pretenses of finding the Wookiee chieftain's son, uh, Tardal, which was sent in to uh, gather information and otherwise disrupt Circum Arms. Um, you guys have several leads, and you've also picked up two hive deserters, uh, Nita and Isilia Hore, um, who are uh, staying with you for the moment. So that gets us back to the present moment. I'm going to say that you guys pass the night and sleep in several rooms in this hostel slash pub, um, and you guys awake in the morning. Um, first things first. Um, L, during the night, you had a series of fitful dreams. Fitful? And uneasy. Some may even call them fever dreams. Um, you could only <laughs> see through the, the brief moments of, of wakefulness enough in the, in the dream state to, to perceive what you're actually dreaming. You know how things are kind of fuzzy. Um, and then there's just a few images that stand out. So I'm going to tell you what it is you saw in these dreams. Okay. All right. So as you toss and turn throughout the night, you get these visions of the crumbling statue from the shrine of earth and water. You see illusionary and transient faces move over the stone head that in real life is featureless, but none of the faces that you see on the statue seem to quite fit. It shifts from your face, L, 
to the face of Bronze, to the face of Kobe, to Maxi, to M-Zero, to Aqua, and then to nothing. And you see the statue crumble in your dream. And that is all you can remember from your fitful night of sleep. When Mix wakes up, uh, you realize that neither Match nor M-Zero are in the uh, room with you. They are gone somewhere uh, else. <laughs> Just the thought of Mix uh, and Match sharing a room with Monkey is very funny. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to go. They're not in the room, you said? No. Uh, okay. I'm going to get up and go get a, get dressed and get outside to go look for them. Cool. Uh, you exit your, your room where you were staying. You pass by... Um, the both the deserters Isla and uh, and Nita who are still still sleeping tightly, um, and you exit and you go into the bar area and you see M Zero and uh, Match uh, speaking to the barkeep as he is cleaning up. Um, they are next to several passed out patrons who are slumped on the bar, and it appears that they are fixing something. Oh, okay. I'm gonna go over to the two of them. Hey, uh, what are you two doing? Um, yeah, so you walk up onto the seat and the bar uh, keep is there uh, just like kind of using a rag to scrub down the bar. Um, M-Zero and Match both kind of greet you with various droid noises. Um, um, and you see that they are uh, doing repairs on a uh, small cashier's droid that is attached to a cash register that seems to have been busted up during the night. Um, the barkeeper says, all oh, these little droids are going to help me fix up and do some repairs around the bar. Very helpful little, little buggers. Oh, they're, they're not bothering you, are they? No, not at all. They're very useful. Very, very helpful. Nifty little droids here. No, don't really see many of these kinds. Uh, how much for them? Oh, uh, you, they're, they're not for sale. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> just grumbles at you. Doesn't say anything <laughs> articulate. <in response. laughs> Um, can I order some food for our friends while I'm here? <laughs> uh, yes, you may order food for uh, for everyone. Um, you can you can bankroll the food and uh, expenses of staying here. Um, all told, we'll say it comes out to six hundred more credits um, to pay for the the stay, the rooms, and the food. Um, I'm assuming you guys are keeping a tally somewhere, whittling down from one million. So I don't feel oh, that wait, bad about actually. pricing. Um, can you tell me what, can you say those prices again? Uh, 600, everything all told just for your stay here between the rooms and, uh, the food. I don't yeah. think I had that much. So I'm, <laughs> I'm taking out of the community piggy bank. Yeah. 600 I, clams? Funds. Um, you can assume unless like, as long as you're not like mix or yeah, mix isn't going off and like just buying something crazy. We'll cover yeah. your basic costs yeah. of things. Cool. <laughs> but also like. You should go out and buy something crazy. Just... Yeah, don't do like I have my parents' credit cards. Spend L's money. Spend <laughs> L's money. Um, great. So everyone starts to rise it's and spend L's money. It's never spend Rama's money. <laughs> <laughs> Rama's trying to retire early. Um, you do not need five hundred thousand credits to retire, <laughs> bud. Yeah, it's a really nice retirement. <laughs> Buy a comet. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> you guys all start to rise and shine. 
Um, there's a couple of things that we need to kind of uh, address. So we're going to start with uh, the stowaways. So Nita and Celia. Um, how about L? I need a medicine check. Medicine. I'm not good at that. Bloop. 16. 16. Um, moments after the, the party starts waking up, uh, it occurs to you that Isilia was grabbed by the uh, lilac monster yesterday um, and the tentacles, and she has woken up uh, coughing and vomiting slightly um, and looks to be going uh, from a kind of rustic blue skin tone that is natural for the Chiss into the greenish territory, indicating that she has been poisoned. Um, I'm going to do something about that. Uh, fuck. <gasps> Dear, are you okay? What's going on? You see that there are like tentacle pock marks across Acelia's uh, skin where she was grabbed. Um, sucker marks as if she had been grabbed by like a gigantic squid um, with sharp little teeth on the tentacles. Okay, I will expend a use of channel the force and neutralize the poison affecting her. Uh, wonderful. So what does that look like? Describe that for me. Um, she has like all of these pockmarks and is hacking up. Um, Elle uh, comes up and says, uh, may I? Kind of looking at the both of them. Uh, sure. Um, and pulls, uh, gra gently grabs uh, one of her arms that is infected with the pockmarks and... <coughs> hold his hand over it just on top and underneath and closes his eyes um as it, there's this kind of faint uh grayish glow similar to their lightsaber um that emanates a little, just brief faintly from his hands as the pockmarks begin to subside Wonderful. Yes, you stick out your hand, and as you describe, the moonlight glow of your force aura washes over the pockmarks, and the uh, infected red poisoned skin um, seems to sizzle a bit as the light comes in contact to it, and the uh, infection and poison seems to fade. Um, Isilia, now having been uh, remedied of her poison, falls back into a more peaceful slumber, uh, but seems to have uh, little energy to participate in the morning's activities. Uh, Nita says, thank you. Uh, thank you. So that was, that was force magic. Uh, yeah. So you guys are Jedi then? Uh, yeah, kinda, mostly. I, this may be a bad time, but we're, you're not gonna like bring us in, right? I mean, we didn't want to attack Corson or anything like that. We we just kind of want to be extricated from all this, and I don't know that we can... I mean, I'm oh, not going to jail, right? I mean, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to, like, snitch on you. You seem to be leaving already, and you almost died in the desert, so I feel like you kind of figured out two and two on your own. Cool, 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 cool. Um, 
then if uh, if we don't have any other business, I think me and my wife are going to try to try to get out of here. Uh, we don't really want to be involved in any more fighting <laughs> or uh, plots. Yeah, are y'all sure you can do that safely? I mean, the last time you tried to leave, uh, we kind of know how that ended. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll have to make it work, I guess. But it sounds like you guys aren't going to be taking us away from danger, so I think it makes more sense for us to strike out on our own. I mean, you also, if you wanted to, could like, uh, you could just lay low until we're planning to leave, or you could just hang out on our ship or something. Oh no, our ship's far away, you'd have to cross the desert for that, never mind. Would I be able mm. to overhear this conversation? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to poke my head in and say... Hey, now don't worry about going to going to no jail, Nita. First off, it's not so bad. I took it like a champ. Uh, second off, I'm friends with the uh, Coruscant chief of uh, police, and uh, he's actually an old softy. So uh, I'm also a, kind of a Jedi in training, as they call it. Uh, no, you're not. A, okay, I'm gonna show my Jedi visitor badge from that week I spent paneling around the Jedi temple. Um, like, yeah, what do you call this then, Al? The nice. Facts. <laughs> Put it back on. Anyway, uh, look, Nita. I don't want you, uh, getting hurt or nothing, and, uh, you may not want to get involved in any more plots, but who knows, me, you might be useful to us. Um, he like looks between Rama and L and Mix and is like, I don't know who has any real authority here. I I'm sorry. It just it's not really clear to me what any of you are capable of promising us. So I you'll forgive me if I if I say that being useful to you doesn't sound like a long term great investment you know what i mean like i if yeah you no have... i think that's a i think that's fair hey i'm just saying being a sand monster food didn't sound like a long-term investment worth having either the the thing here is i just don't want i just don't want to let y'all go and then you die you get captured you are put in a position where you compromise us or further compromise yourself so i want to make sure that if we're letting you go you're set up for success Okay, that's kind of you. I'm open to suggestions. Just my wife is not going to be in any condition to fight or, or move around much. We so. do not expect y'all to fight or anything, and we want to minimize that as much as we can. Great. Well, I'm all ears. All right. I uh, just think uh, chances of surviving this city, getting out on your own, uh, especially what happened last time, were minimal chances of them torturing you and ratting us out or something. Maximal. I don't know if that's a word. Uh, there's gotta be something we can do with them. Keep them safe. Harbor them. Hide them in plain sight. I don't know. Mix, what about you? I mean, I say they've helped us enough. Uh, is there a home planet you guys need to get to? Uh... We've been living on the road with the hive for six years now, so I guess really anywhere 
is preferable to here. Shit, I mean, even like just different parts of Kajik might be a good place to start. Uh, Kachihiro, I heard is nice. What? How much does it cost? What I feel like Ellen maybe know to like get transport to back to where we came from or like to anywhere else in Kajik. How much to get transport? Uh, all my prices for these like these weird stuff is just like I'm just trying to make sure it's all like relatively consistent. Um, you guys paid like thirty five or thirty five thousand for the speeders, right? Two of them, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, thirty seven five. I would yeah. say that like a the equivalent of like a bus ticket back to Kachihiro or the town on the edge of the desert would be like I don't know like I think like 200 credits per person or something like that. I was also thinking 200 credits. <laughs> um yeah uh do we have a way? Are there like fucking self? We have cell phones. We text. Is there like a way we can get, <laughs> give them our number? Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can. Okay. Give them the equivalent of your contact oh. information. In that case, I think the the best situation is just giving y'all some money so you can get out of the city. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll take it. Uh, you mentioned that you guys had a ship. Yeah, like a spaceship. Mm, interesting. Because like now that you like mention a, it, like, not it's an not ocean like, ship. Just so we, we're clear, I can't, I can't sail one of those. No, nah, I. But like you, intergalactic travel capable. Like moving from one star system to another in the vacuum of space. Yeah, so like intergalactic travel. Interstellar, you might say. Right. Well, um, I'll need to talk to my wife about it, but. There is kind of the issue of, of like work for us and like what's next. So, um, we're we're good on a ship. So, um, maybe maybe we could help you out. Ah, oh, gosh, what am I getting myself into? Um, look, why don't we'll take money to get out of here? Um, we will be uh just we're just gonna get out out of the desert. If you guys need us, contact us. Um, and otherwise we'll be in touch. Yeah, sounds good to me. Great. That works. We exchange um, numbers. One um, more thing. Sure. Would the hive be looking for you, perhaps? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a safe bet that they'll, they'll be trying, if we get recognized, it'll be a problem. What names did you use while you were with the hive? Uh, Nita and Acelia Hore. If I may suggest, and I'm a big fan of alternate identities, as you probably are too, uh, you might want to adopt a new one. I'll keep that in mind. Um, yeah. Just make sure you let us know what it is in case we go asking about you. I don't want to miss you if you're hiding in plain sight. Um,. So Nita looks at you and uh, like he's a Claudite and he like looks at you not knowing that you're a Claudite and is like, <laughs> oh, like that's not it's not really a problem. I can I can change my facial appearance whenever. So um, it was really just like, you know, we got caught and got thrown in the desert because we 
we were like seen leaving but now they kind of think we're dead probably but like in terms of getting recognized like i can pretty easily get around that it's more her that is it's the real difficulty um just kind of stand out like blue skin and all <laughs> big eyes i i figure you could change uh, i'm a clodite too i was born on Concord dawn no shit really yep huh I know the helmet's kind of redundant, but uh, it's a religious thing. Yeah, well, it's kind of nice. Cause it's like nobody knows that you're a Claudite, so they just they don't assume that you're you're lying to them. Hey, this guy gets it. I like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Maybe I should. So how did you become a Mandalorian? You know what? We don't got time for that. Text me later. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll start with I'll group text. We'll figure it out. Uh <laughs> Mandalorian group me. <laughs> Cla- Claudite friends. You're yeah. gonna come uh, to my Bible study later. <laughs> uh, I promise uh, it's so chill. <laughs> uh, he takes the the credits. Uh, he thanks you uh, for taking care of him and his wife. Um, and he, uh, after like a few minutes of like resting and eating, takes him and Acelia out to find transportation. Um, after all of this, uh, works itself out, Digo clears his throat and gets your guys' attention. Um, <clears throat> so throughout the night, I talked to some patrons of the bar and, uh, tried to get some more information on the, uh, Wookiee Warprints that we're taking a look for. And I think I have a lead. And he presents on the table in front of you guys a, uh, a flyer with, uh, a picture of a red and gray Wookiee wearing a very angry expression, baring his teeth um, with golden braided uh, beard and chest hair, holding a battle axe. And across the flyer, um, it says, uh, Monday Midgar Madness event at the Coliseum. <laughs> and then it has like uh, um, a picture, uh, yeah, like of the Wookiee uh, Tardal that you are looking for, uh, looking poised to fight in the arena. Um it seems that he is not keeping quite as low of a profile as his father thought he would. Wow. Yeah. Uh, this guy doesn't mess around. Uh, yes. I asked about him, too, from some of the uh, Wookiees. And it, uh, it appears that he is a lieutenant of a faction of the Wookiee army known as the Thorn Hands, which I had not heard of before. Thorn Hands. Hey, brief question about this arena before it gets started. I'm sure it was mentioned at some point. Is it always to the death? It is unclear. I'm not exactly sure that there is a consistent set of rules for who participates in the arena or what exactly happens. I think that this is a uh, this is less of a uh, formal blood sport and more so of uh, anything goes sort of place. I don't even know why I asked at this point. In hindsight, what the guard said about uh, not understanding the arena is starting to become more and more worrying. Uh. How so, Deco? Uh, well, there's monsters in the sand outside. Uh, they seemed pretty uh, flippant about the idea of a Mandalorian seriously competing, which is, you know, not, not nothing. Uh, the reputation alone of people that wear Beskar armor is pretty high. The idea that you might not be prepared to face something in the arena is somewhat indicative of the level of challenge, I would think. Huh, I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> reminds me, if we were to end up fighting, sure, 
would uh, L Rix, are you guys okay with breaking out the lightsabers? Or are we trying to keep a low profile on the whole Jedi thing? I feel like letting them know Jedi are here is not a great idea. I mean, I've got plenty of moves that don't involve my lightsaber, so like I'm good to go. I can re- retrofit the vibro staff. Uh, do we even really want to be fighting in the arena? Is that even part of our goal, or is it more important that we just find Tardal and get him back to his father? I mean, is that the only way we're going to be able to get some face time with him? Well, if Tardal dies in the arena, I feel like that makes our goal a little bit difficult. All I'm saying is that it might not be a good idea to jump from the stands down in the arena to intervene in a fight if it does not look like it's going his way. Well, then maybe we just enter the fight the right way. I wonder if we could uh, knock him out, maybe fake his death, drag him out, and uh, he's just ours for a bit. I, I was just thinking we just enter. Are there, like, teams? How does this shit work? Are there, like, teams and stuff? Um, He, like, looks at the flyer and says, like, there are, um, you know, free, like, so basically there are like walk on events for like less prestigious fights that you could like try to walk in on day of um mm-hmm. but it seems like most of these fights are like fixed between like p the people that set the fights like it seems like most of them are like organized at like a high level of decision making it seems like it would be pretty difficult to just like walk in um you could, like, try to figure out, like, who else is, like, participating and then, like, maybe try to take their place or something. Um, or you could just go to the arena <laughs> and see what happens and just, like, wing it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's up it to you. It feels like our vibe. <laughs> uh, I'm not the best at talking to people, but uh, we have L. We got uh, I mean, we have L, so whatever. I'm down. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, at the very least, we can attend the Colosseum tonight and, and just observe and see what happens. I mean, he's a Wookiee war chief, then kind of. Uh, he probably holds his own pretty well. If he's being advertised on the front page. Um, great. So the, the Colosseum event is not until the evening. Um, we can skip right to you guys going to the Colosseum if you'd like, or if there's anything you want to handle in the meantime, we can do that. Either is fine. Uh, I just want to... Hey, thanks for the accommodations, Mix. Oh yeah, no problem. I mean, I you should be thanking Al. I I didn't pay for it. <laughs> I like your style. Rama not understanding that their money is pooled. <laughs> <laughs> He's got no clue. He, yeah, Rama I, I don't get like a I don't get like a salary or anything. I like I'm usually taken care of. Yeah, Rama slept through a managing finances class in child soldier school. Oh my god. I, <laughs> Mix should absolutely try to get a salary for Rama. <laughs> paid employee. <laughs> oh I feel like Mix has could have this conversation with Rama, and then as soon as Elle finds out, I was like, no, what the fuck? No. <laughs> Okay. Be a Jedi, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> See, Mix just like doesn't care. They got match. They're on an adventure. That's all I need. Aww. They're all good. They're Cute. having fun. <laughs> uh, I'm. L is gonna go ahead and give. Um, what's their face? 
You say their names so many times and they never stick in my head. I apologize. Uh, Nita and Acilia. Is that what you're talking about? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, gonna go to Acilia is the one who's awake. Yeah. Uh, Nita is. Yeah, the husband. Yeah. Um. All right. So you have ways to contact us. Um. We'll be in touch. Uh. And I'm gonna transfer 500 credits to them. Oh wow! Thank you. This is this is very generous. It should be enough to get you out of the desert to wherever you need to go and cover, you know, food, clothes, whatever else you need. Uh, if you decide to, you know, hang around with us, if you want to hop on our ship, do some work, get trips around the galaxy, that's fine. Uh, if you decide you're not about this life, want to go retire or settle down somewhere else, that's also fine. Just, uh, Keep us posted so we know you're not dead. Okay, yeah. Um, where if I wanted to find your ship, where could I? Where would I look? Mm. I'm gonna pull out my uh, my little wrist gadget and uh, <clears throat> pull up the location of of the thorn and see if I could just transmit it to him uh, in some way. Just a I don't know a map of Kashyyyk and uh, a little. Dot <laughs> like a little yeah. rose icon in the general area, edge of the desert. Okay, um, should be able to find that. Yep. Hey, uh, don't blow it up or nothing. Be careful. Say hi to Rosie for me, and uh, uh, shoot straight and run fast. Oh, oh, okay. Wait, are those um, are those just are those instructions or are those just general pieces of advice? Glad you is there, got is it. there anything I need to shoot if I'm getting onto your ship? I'm confused. Uh, no, if you if you get any trouble, just call, find a man named Dale and tell him Rama sent you. Okay, I'll, someone named Dale Rama sent for him. Okay, uh, or sorry, no, sent that, us to him. Yeah, he'll he'll take care of you. Okay, uh, sure. Uh, thanks. Yeah, I'll I'll remember that. Um, they make their way out of the. Uh, the bar uh, slash hotel and uh, disappear into Midgar. Um, is there anything else you guys want to get to before you head to the Coliseum? Uh, after they leave, I'm going to be like, that's definitely not going to like bite us in the ass later. Right? Like, I mean, maybe, but it's not my ship. Well, I did take out what you'd call an insurance policy on that thing. So worst comes to worst, we should be fine. It was a nice did, fella, you, did you take an insurance policy out on Thor? <laughs> yeah, it was a nice fellow I met in the back alley. He said he'd just give him a thousand credits up front and he'd replace it in full as uh, if anything ever happened to it. Excellent. Was that with was that with the money that we got or was that with your own personal finances? Because I'm keeping track of the book, so is if there's any other insurance policies you bought, I'd like to know. Well, the thing is, I started off this little get-together, uh, so many thousands of credits in debt that I don't have personal finances anymore. It's just what we got on the bounty, so, uh, <laughs> you can right. save us from the pool. I, mean, I thought it was a good hedge. All right, so, uh, yeah. Amelia's asking, do I need to take another thousand dollars out Literally of my bookkeeping? Literally scammed yourself. <laughs> I was not even this on... joke, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> so go go ahead. Jesus Christ. Rob got scammed on an insurance scam <laughs> in the back 
alley by some guy. Just fucking walked off in the middle of the night, seeing if he could get insurance on the thorn. Okay, so uh, um, can I say something? Yes. In character, uh, hey Rama. Yeah, what can I do for you, Al? I just listen. So we have a pool of money, and some of it is yours, and some of it is mine, right? I do think perhaps you should be a bit more careful with your financial investments. That's a good point. That's a good point. Sorry about that, Ella. Not exactly. It's fine. That's coming out of your half. No, it's fine. That's fine. But uh, well, that guy, whatever his name is, he'd probably come through and replace the ship if anything were to happen to it. Just mathematically, like not true. <laughs> like a thousand credit insurance policy is not going to replace like a two hundred thousand dollars. Rama, he's investing I- in crypto. It's fine. <laughs> oh my god, Rama owns like a thousand Ethereum now. Kyber hands. Hold. He's got so much Bitcoin. Okay, Rama. Once we're done with all this, I need to take you through a financial course because. I don't know how many times you've been scammed in your life, but this is not take, good. <laughs> Rob's gonna take out a, like a, a pocketbook with like just penciled in writings of stuff. It's like I was, oh, I've been keeping track of all my finances right here. Uh, you know, some of it's like added up wrong. So it's like, <laughs> uh huh. Rama, ninety percent of your financial receipts are Good Burger receipts. <laughs> I, uh, Claudette's gotta eat. Mandalorian's gotta shoot. All all of these receipts are for ammunition and cheeseburgers. I don't understand. How are you spending this much money? All right. Sorry, guys. I just, uh, that poster says the uh, arena closes office hours at uh, 2 p.m. So we got to get booking. Let's move. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to say that you guys were like walking and talking while you were having this conversation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So you guys are going to make your way through Midgar. Um, Midgar is connected through a series of like different trains and trams. with various like levels of height, there's different plates that kind of stack up in this um, sort of like conic fashion um, up to the very top layers. Uh, the Colosseum is um, going to be a bit of a train right away. Um, so I'm going to say that you guys are able to get onto uh, a metro. Um, you're going to go underground into a dimly lit and dusty and dirty station. Think NYC, but with even more pollution and also aliens. Um, and that's basically what you're looking at. Um, you guys get on a train and uh, spend a few minutes underground um, in tight compartmented uh, space on this train, on this light rail. Um I would like Rama to make me a uh, perception check. All right. You said a deception check? Perception. It's worth a shot. Um, Wow. That's actually not horrible. That's an 18. An 18. On one of the stops on your train towards the Coliseum, a large group of Wookiees uh, enters the same train car as you and the party. Um, you notice, too, that these do not seem to be uh, the same uh, manner of Wookiee as you see have seen on the streets of Midgar and around Kashyyyk as well. These Wookiees look like they are dressed to the nines. 
They have heavy bags and armaments on their person. They are dressed in green um, leather and steel plate armor with beards that are tied similar to the beard that you saw in the picture of the flyer of Tardal. And they have green supple thorns woven into the fur on their uh, wrists and hands. Hey, uh, I'm going to see if I can nudge um, L real, cl- real quick and uh, give like a, a head nod over to to our new Wookiee friends and say, hey, notice that. What do you think that's all about? Probably. Well, they said that the corporations were buying out people's interests and getting the votes that they need. I assume these are recipients of that. Can I roll a lore check to see if I can get some further background? Ooh, interesting. Uh, yeah, go ahead and make a lore check. Alright, got a plus zero to that as well. That's in the intelligence category. Uh, oh, it's a two. Um, no, they, you think they look fucking friendly. <laughs> <laughs> they look, um, so they, the red lightsabers. They must be the good guys. <laughs> um, they get on the trade and, like, uh, a bunch of, like, humans and, like, smaller alien races kind of, like, make room for them. Uh, you see a ticket attendant come into the car and, like, look at them, um, and you see that uh, the ticket attendant is accompanied by um, a Circa Arms soldier uh, wearing blue and silver plate armor um, with a helmet. Um, just an independent military officer, uh, or I guess like not really military because um, they're independent, but like a hired gun acting just instead. Just normal things. <laughs> yeah. Um, just soldier uh <laughs> Sir mercenary soldier. yeah mercenary there you go that's the word i was looking for <laughs> um can i uh uh i'm gonna lean over and be like all right now i think they look kind of friendly you think they could be helpful to us i'm just go up and introduce ourselves no do not do not do that uh i gotta mix to it hey mix no i no i mean I, i'm i'm with l on this one man can I kind of roll a lore check? <laughs> um, I'm just going off of vibes. They don't seem friendly. <laughs> these were these were the thorn hands that was a Digo mentioned, right? Oh, that's what yeah. I'm assuming. So happens to roll a two on a, on a lore check of something your character already knows. <laughs> I'm not like, gonna I'm not gonna have you roll another lore check. Um, just because like I, I'm trying yeah. trying to not keep like. Trying to keep redundancy low on the rolls, I guess. That's <laughs> so, uh, so that information is, is it locked. enough with like my passive insight because I just have a plus eight in general to just be like, yeah, we shouldn't fuck with them actually. <laughs> um, I I guess I don't know how to answer that because like I don't think that the question is all that like clear. Like, is are you worried that they're Dangerous, or are you trying to get a feel for what their allegiance is? Because those are two different things. The the second one, they look like. St- I don't think they're gonna like start. Sh- I'm just trying to guess. Like, do they seem? Yeah, like where their allegiance is. I guess. I I, I should hope. Seeing that how Rama they interact. So I I show Rama didn't fail a, a perception check to figure out if they were dangerous. I I'd like uh, to think it was for the second so one. I guess to make this like more specific, there's the ticket person and the Circa Arms guy. So I guess I want to see how they interact in with that mercenary, if their demeanor changes at all. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, good, good, good. So 
the uh, the ticket officer and the the soldier come up to them and approach them. Um, other people are kind of clearing out from the interaction, like moving into different cars. Um, now, I will say that there's a decent amount of space in between this interaction. The reason that Rama needed a perception check is that it's on the other end of a crowded car that this interaction is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you guys do see is that they seem to be exchanging words, that they are talking in heated tones in um, Shairi Wook and then in normal uh, galactic basic. But it's hard to make out the exact uh, words of the conversation. But the tone does seem to be uh, tense and adversarial. You see that the Wookiees... Um, are like forming a pretty imposing wall of fur um, and gear. Um, you noticed, well, um, hmm, let's see. Yeah, okay, so pertinent to your question, like, L, I guess, roll me um, an investigation check uh, as you're kind of observing these interactions to see what it is that you catch them doing. It's obvious that they're having a tense conversation that things are being exchanged between them. That's um, uh, only a 12. Only in 12. Um, you see that, like, partway through the conversation, it appears that, like, the Wookiees are moving different objects discreetly between them, but you don't see what it is that they are actually exchanging. Um, you hear one Wookiee from across the train raise his voice um, very loudly um, and aggressively. Um, um, and you see that the soldier uh, seems to, like, take a step back and, like, touch something on his hip before the ticket officer touches him on the shoulder and they exit the car um seemingly like leaving the wookies to their own devices um did that really loud thing get picked up on our translators or no um yeah i would say i would say partially i mean there's a lot of background noises um while not like a perfect one-to-one translation you the translator uh gives you enough like scattered words for you to, to basically like communicate that the Wookiee was ending the conversation. That the, he was basically saying like, like the, it's fuck now time off. for you to leave. Yeah. Yeah, fuck off. That's, yeah, perfect translation. <laughs> perfect. Could not have said it better myself. Literally struggled to say it better myself, so. Uh, <laughs> so, that is that. Anything else uh, about this interaction? So they were leaving the car? Is that what it is? Or are they just going to their own? The Wookiees are staying in the car. The uh, ticket man and the officer uh, have left. Okay, got it. But in short, like, they were talking. Things were exchanged. Elle noticed that the Wookiees were moving objects between them um, discreetly. Could not tell what they were. Wookiee ended the conversation. They left. Is kind of the important factual beat-by-beat breakdown of that interaction. Yeah, I'll yeah. mention to Mix and Rama the thing about the objects moving. They kind of saw the rest of it, I assume, but yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, wonderful. So we are going to now move to the Coliseum. You guys exit the metro, and the Coliseum has its own uh, stop underground. Um, and as you reach the surface, you are greeted with a very anachronistic-looking Coliseum. In a city of otherwise like dense industrial smog, there is a pristine marble Coliseum that is very reminiscent of human antiquity. Um, it looks like it is uh, like straight out of you know, uh, like Roman, the height of like Rome, you know, to the extent that Rome existed in Star Wars. Um, there are large marble statues carved into pillars that shoulder the massive weight of the rounded arches of this building. Um, 
it's glorious. Um, inside, uh, there is a rounded uh, fighting pit with sand. Um, there are bedding cages and refreshments and places to buy food. Um, and there are a lot of people kind of milling around the outside of the Coliseum, which is bordered by some greenery and some park space um, with trees and other things. It is kind of like this weird one shining like example of like actual like excellence and beauty in an otherwise very industrial and practical space in this city. Um, yes, there are, uh, yeah, like I said, food vendors and droids. There's uh, scantily clad waiters of all variety. So, are you guys going to enter the Coliseum right away, or would you like to investigate around the Coliseum? What's the move? Um, can I go look at the bets? Sure. Yes. Okay. Very fun. Um, not to actually bet, but I want to look at Tardal. Is that his name? I want to see if um, people are betting for him or against him. I I will say, if Mix wants, I'll give you, like, a hundred credits or so to just bet, so that way you don't have to, like... It's, like, less conspicuous, you know? Right, right, right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'll give you 200 credits. 200 credits. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, so you see a couple different bets. Um, so you see that there are basically, like, two separate events. Um, there's one event that is a team sport called Tack Down, which you've heard of before, which is a professional sport. There's a mix between, like, capture the flag and paintball, essentially, um, where it's, like, teams competing in, like, tactical skill. Um, you also then see that the, on the other side of the betting line, there are, uh, like, individual, what appear to be, like, fight matches. Like, like you would see a kind of, like, UFC cards. Except it's unclear, based on what the information you're seeing, like, what the exact rules of these fights are. It seems right. like they're very much, like, uh, you know like just people squaring off you know and all the promotional material you're seeing a mix of different weapons and armors and species and weight classes like far from the regulated like weigh-ins of the ufc this is kind of like blood sport um so you see tartle's betting line he's the main event card and it just says tardal versus beasts it doesn't specify which beasts or how many. It's just Great. Tardal versus beasts. But Tardal is the betting favorite at plus 130. Meaning that if you were to were to bet... Uh, sorry, he's not the betting favorite, but he has got the best odds. So he's at plus 130, which means that if you were to bet 10 credits, you would win uh, 13, right? So you okay. would win a total of 23, right? Um, yeah. So he's, he's not favorited, um, but he is has good odds i guess like for the return on investment for the bet okay. um so so yeah the beasts uh uh not not specified um also not capitalized meaning that it doesn't seem like it's a team name either right uh, would you want to place a bet <laughs> um i'm gonna look i'm gonna find a wookie in line that looks somewhat friendly um okay either in front of me or behind me in line um and say like uh Hey, that that's all guy. What do you think his chances are? It just says beasts up there. Do you know what that means? <laughs> yeah. So you approach approach a Wookiee. Um, this Wookiee has like a lot of jewelry on. Like he's got like a uh, like a gold necklace and some watches. Um, he also has like a very like oversized um, like snapback hat um, that he's wearing <laughs> on top of his Wookiee head. He's like. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. A Wookie not the fuckboy Wookie. <laughs> what do you mean, not the fuckboy Wookie? This is the fuckboy Wookie. Um, oh. 
What's up, dude? Y'all trying to play some bats? <laughs> I'm gonna draw my blaster. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. God, I will say, last time I was in the casino, I'll, there was always, always the fuck boys who were just like talking about the spread while watching football while we're trying to play blackjack. And I was like, ah, I don't know what it is. Yes. Gets under Hello, my I'm, I am fuck boys. I, <laughs> I, I talk about NFL spreads, yes. I'm like, um, oh boy. Sorry, continue. Um, don't realize that, that the same subset of men in their 20s that go to casinos are the same <laughs> subset of men that also lose all their money on cryptocurrency. Like, it's the same, <laughs> the same person. And they, they we all talked like, about Bitcoin. They, <laughs> yes. they all had, like, barstool sports t-shirts. Yes, yes. God, we so we all know this person. Yes. Golly. This, oh, was like, person, this person right now is a Wookiee. <laughs> They're seven <laughs> foot tall and covered in fur. God. And they sound like... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. How tall is he? <laughs> uh, six foot, six. I promise. What, what do you ask? I don't ask you about your salary or anything. He's, he's, well, he's a Wookiee, so it'd be like, no, man, I promise I'm seven, I'm seven foot, dog. No, I'm not. I'm not 6'10". Don't pay attention to my driver's license, dude. That's too uh, funny, too, because you can lie on those things. They don't check. Yeah, they, yeah, they don't check. Yeah, famously, um, after I told him my driver's license at six feet. <laughs> Didn't know. Um, yeah, man, I'm trying to make some bets. Who, who you who you got your, your bets on? Oh, uh, yeah, man. Well, I typically, like, don't bet on winners and losers. Like, I bet whether or not somebody's, like, limbs get chopped off. It's called a prop bet, and it's, like, independent of, like, the betting line. So you're just, like, betting to, like, watch somebody's arm get chopped, dude. It's wild. Right, right. But, like, I'm interested in, like, who's going to get torn apart out there. Yeah, dude. Well, Tardall is a fucking maniac, man. That dude was, like... Like, I don't even know how he got in the arena, because, like, I know his dad, like, runs this shit. I mean, like, not like that. Like, he runs, like, most of Kajik. But, like, you know how we roll, dude? Well, he's crazy, man. Like, we... like I. So he was, like, a military guy, I think. And then, for whatever reason, like, just, like, wasn't... It wasn't working out for him. Like I heard there was this like whole scandal where he was like selling tree resin on the side, but like man, I just heard that from like WookieTie.com, bro. Like, I don't know shit. But like anyway, like I think that like Tartle I don't know what these beasts are, bro, but like Tartle is a beast. You know what I'm saying? Like he's an animal. Like uh, Yeah, dude, well, I can't wait to watch. It sounds like a good time. Uh, has he done this before? Like I'm I'm visiting just to just to to catch this event but uh this is only like 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 straight up like his second fight in the arena dude like he was like a a surprise addition like last minute last week so like nobody like really knows like what his whole like deal is you know what i mean so like bet with caution bro but like no risk no reward so like i would bet all my money on Tardall. All right, I I trust you, bro. Sounds like a, it sounds like it's gonna be entertaining either way. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. Like that's what's up. Hey, so like I'm having like a party tonight. Like after the bets, like would you and you're like, do you have any like hot friends that you would want to like bring to that or? Ah, oh, shit. Maybe, maybe I'll have to ask him. But uh, we might be a little, we're taking care of like business, you know, we're, we're just taking a break today to like catch the fights. But uh, I'll, uh, where's it at? 
Oh, yeah, dude, like, sick. Like, come to, like, bro, like, Reactor 5 uh, in, like, like the neighborhood around Reactor 5. It's going to be at, like, and he gives you an address. Yeah. Um, it's, like, not, like, you know, people don't like that area, but, like, dude, Reactor 5 chills fuck, dude. Like, <laughs> so many people that were in Reactor 5 are, like, really holding it down. Um, but really into, like, this, like, alternative currency, you know what I mean? Like, we're really <laughs> trying to get people, like, involved. We got up on the ground floor of this, like, super sick movement to become financially independent of Serica Arms. But, like, bro, like, we're going to have, like, some beers, like some babes like yeah bring your whole crew yeah i'll i'll let you know i'll 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 talk to my clan and i'll let you know if we we can make it sick um, dude yeah we fucking love clans around here um <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> so i'm done what? being in this headspace <laughs> <laughs> all right if rama could overhear any of that halfway through he switched his translator off so he just heard wookie <laughs> so <I> could um, I, okay, yeah, I'm just gonna go up there and put all 200 on, on Tartal. Oh, God, that Wookiee is, like, <laughs> every person I went to college with and, like, all of my brother's friends that are into crypto, like, as one person. It just made my head hurt. It's okay. crazy, because you literally went to college with, with all of all us. All of us, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we met. <laughs> I, I, I know. But like, we started recording this podcast at at our college recording studio. Yes, which which was a very different part of my life than the fraternity that I lived at. You know, like you guys that are my friends that I actually bravo. like. The other people <laughs> I just sort of lived with for a few years. Tragic. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a good Wednesday. We have just released season four, episode 33. And um, I wanted to say thank you for waiting so very patiently for this episode. And I wanted to come on here to say that we have officially wrapped season four. Um, Kind of crazy. Um, And what that means is the very next episode is going to be the last episode of Guildfellows ever. Um, kind of crazy, insane, insane. Um, it'll be the last like regular like story episode. We're going to have a season four wrap episode, as we always do. And then we're going to have a podcast, postmortem, wrap up, whatever, whatever, whatever. So... As you're hearing this, if you're in our Discord channel, uh, our question channel will be open for both season four questions and podcast overall questions. I think we're probably going to like go season by season and just kind of reflect and see how far we've come and all this stuff. Um, but take this as the opportunity to kind of, you know, talk to all of us as a unit for the last time possibly so um yeah that's that's what we're gonna do um which also means this is gonna be my last announcement update whatever thing ever probably so um yeah I don't know that's really all I kind of have to say I'm a little behind on our social media pages so I apologize for that but um we'll we'll get there we'll catch up 
And um, yeah, next week's going to be the very last story episode, season four finale. And then um, I'm not 100% sure when the wrap up episodes are going to happen. They may not happen for a while simply because a lot of us are busy um, and we're just kind of working around our schedule. Um, So they might not happen for a few weeks. We're going to try to squeeze them in eventually. Um, We're going to try to squeeze them in quick, but if they don't happen for a minute, then they won't happen for a minute. But they'll definitely at least come out this summer. I will make sure that happens. (laughs) Um, They'll come out as soon as I can wrangle everyone together. So um, yeah, that's, that's it, I think. That's all I really want to say. I don't really need to go into the regular spiel that I do because, I don't know, it's it's almost over. Um, yeah, thank you to Arcane Anthems for the, the theme song, as always. Um, and thank you to everyone who has listened uh, thus far. And I'll we'll get into it more once those wrap-ups come out. Um, but, yeah, that's that's what I've got. Thank you for listening. Um, That's all I've got for you guys today. We love you all so much. Keep your heads up. Stay safe. We love you. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Okay, so after the conversation um, with the Wookiee, who I've decided his name is is Jaden. Jaden the Wookiee. It's the only name he could have. Yeah, Jayden, uh, literally. Yeah. <laughs> sounds too much like Jaden Wookiee. Sounds a lot like Jaden Yuki, but it's fine. Well, his last I name is Wookiee. It's the Wookiee named Jaden. Um, oh. Actually, the Wookiee named Jaden would be a pretty good rap name for this Wookiee, so I think that might actually <laughs> be his name. named Jaden. <laughs> This uh, Wookiee is light skinned in my mind. You cannot change it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone was debating that. <laughs> oh, fucking duck. Um, okay. <laughs> um, so, you guys, um, what what are you even trying to do here? So, is anybody else trying to talk to anybody before you guys sit down and, like, the events start to start? Yeah. Um, I... I think Elle will just be politely flirting with all of the service staff. But not, like, actively <laughs> flirting, but, like, in the Elle way where he's just kind of standing there being He hot. just has to stand there. <laughs> he just has to stand there, and the force of their personality is just so much that people notice. But it just literally just standing there and being polite, but they're so hot that it counts as flirting if you think about it. <laughs> and yeah. tipping everyone really well. That, that's the most thing is not asking, not actively flirting with the people whose job it is to be there and giving them a lot of money. Um, so, ye- <laughs> I, yeah, okay. So, like, I imagine, like, L is, like, sitting someplace where it's, like, unclear whether or not they're supposed to sit there or if it's, like, for staff, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you're, like, almost, like, a little too close to, like, where the busboys, like, go in and out. But because you're there, like, the waiters just, like, sit there and chat with you. And, like, are just, like, when they're taking their breaks, they're, like, hanging out with you. And they, like, you know, are always, like, are very quick to, like, give you whatever you want because you're right there. And you're there just chatting. It's like, of course, I'd help my friend get this thing. So, like, yeah, you're kind of, like, almost surrounded by, like, wait staff of, like, various different, like, genders and species that are just kind of, like, around and hanging out. And are just kind of, like, yeah, "Yeah, like, another fucking day. Like, you know, 
Um, is there anything in particular that like, you want to have a conversation about, or is this just like a vibe you want L to be having? Uh, it's definitely a vibe I want L to be having. I just kind of want to get an idea of sort of like the layout and the hierarchy of this place. Like, okay, so like, are there like sweet boxes that people rent out? Where do the rich people stay? Like, we're kind of assume I assume we're in like general admission. Um, yeah. But like, also, if I can get anyone to tell me like cool story, like, oh yeah, there's like a you know there's like the secret tunnels that they have to bus all the fancy people in and out but like not tell me exactly they don't have to like tell me exactly where they are but like that's the kind of stuff very surreptitiously trying to get an idea for how this place functions okay um so what i would like you to do then is to roll me either a a persuasion check or an investigation check. Whichever one you would prefer to roll. Persuasion. 22. 22. Yes. Um, so, because you were with a group of people, um, I'm not going to necessarily like act all of this conversation out, but uh, through these kind of conversations with these these waiters and stuff, you, you get several pieces of key information. Um First things first. So in terms of like layout of the stadium, you're absolutely correct. So you are in general admissions right now. On the other side of general admission, you can see that there are a number of like sweet boxes up on the higher levels with one in particular that is uh, especially ornate um, and ordained with silver and blue uh, tapestries and uh, intricate designs. Um, one of the waitresses tells you that that is the box where the CEO of Circa Arms tends to observe the arena from with a 22 as well um you will hear a piece of hot gossip from somebody that says that they have seen a uh a hooded female figure wandering around the arena and particularly in the basement of the arena where the most dangerous uh captives and uh beasts are kept until the games are played um, and that it has been suspicious because this hooded figure has also been seen with Dono Barhimian, who is, again, the CEO of Circa Arms. Um, let's see, in terms of, like, secret passageways and stuff, uh, you mostly come up uh, empty in terms of that investigative front. Yeah, um, makes sense. The closest you get is just information that below the arena itself there seems to be holding cells and areas for, like, particularly dangerous arena participants, which also kind of presents an impression that the arena is uh, perhaps like keeping things and or people that are not there voluntarily, which is also problematic. Um, and indeed, yes. Yeah, so I think that's all you get from that. Um, during this time, um, M0 and uh, Match are... Uh, kind of been like communicating and convening with other droids in the area like other service droids and just like general droid participants um mix you feel like through your connection to match and with droids in general there is a peculiar uh communications pattern developing um in the airways that these droids seem to be uh all on the same page about something below the surface of normal understanding. Um, I would like you to roll me a technology check to see if you can figure out what it is. Let's go. 
Uh, that's a 12. A 12. Um, through your uh, benevolence as a Jedi, you have a particular affinity for communicating with droids. Now, droids have their own ability to communicate through, you know, networks and subnetworks that kind of unite all artificial intelligence and droids. Um, while it is extraordinarily difficult for the average person to tap into those subnetworks of communication, um, through your affinity of the Force, you are able to sense slight patterns, almost like radio waves, through the Force. With a 12, however, you're not given much clarity. It seems that the droids in this Coliseum are nervous because things have been introduced into the technological environment that seem dangerous. So the vibes are off. Vibes <laughs> <Basically>. are off. <laughs> okay, great. Good to know. But see, it'd be boring if I was just like, the droid vibes are bad. <laughs> no, the, the way you said it makes more sense. I just need to... The vibes are haunted. For my airways are haunted. Don't brain. Yeah. Um... You said it was specifically in the technological sense that some that they were nervous about? Yes. Things okay. have been introduced into the technological ecosystem that seem dangerous. Okay. Good to know. Um, and we're not inside the arena yet. I can't see anything, right? Uh, I was under my impression that you guys were inside the arena. Oh, okay. I thought we were still on the outside places. But if I can, like, see the arena, can I, like look around and investigate to see if any like if i can tell if anything new has been installed or if there's something dangerous on <clears throat> on the walls or something i don't know um yeah so this is going to be like if you want to like be inspecting the arena for like dangerous tech um that's going to be a pursuit that is going to be like it's going to take a little bit right so um, what I'm going to say is, like, this is going to be, like, an active investigation for you. Um, tell me how you want to investigate it, and, like, I won't have this just be, like, one investigation role, but, like, throughout your time in the arena, as you, like, think of new things to, like, interact with or question, I'll let you roll more investigation checks. So, like, to start us off, like, where are you going to start looking for, like, investigating this? And are you going to tell anybody else about this as well? Um, I'll mention it to, to the crew once we all get back together. Um, sure. <clears throat> that the droid vibes are off. Um, <laughs> um, but I think my first place to look, I don't know how close we can actually get to the, to the battlefield, but my first place to look was like, like the walls. Um, like my first thought was like, I don't know, electricity, or like something that can zap people. Um. But, like, just anything on the walls that I can notice that, like, is new. Looks like new technology or um, has been hastily installed or anything like that. So, um, like, if we're walking in and we can, if I can, like, see anywhere close by, like, by whatever section we are, um, just looking at the, the walls nearby that I can see. Sure. Roll me an investigation check. 14. Uh, you don't notice anything obvious on the walls that looks like that has been like recently added or fucked with from a technological sense. 
Um, you do, uh, with the help of Match, spot that over by the uh, CEO's suite, uh, the box on the other side of the arena, that there seems to be some orange cones and tape for construction, um, not at the box, but adjacent to it. That looks like it's part of the hallway that leads to it. Okay, I will uh, inconspicuously go over over there if I can, as close as I can, to go look, see what that is. Okay, it's a big arena, so you're going to be walking around kind of the outside of the seating area. You understand, like, you know, if you've been in a yeah. football arena, like, you have to right, walk right, around yeah. that big hallway uh-huh. all around. So, yeah. Um, yeah, also, by the way, like, in terms of, like, architecture and structure, like, though it is marble on the outside and very much, like, reminiscent of that structure, like, the inside is modernized, kind of similar to, like, a normal football stadium and that, like... Yeah, like very much like there is like bleachers and like, you know, like stadium seating and like other yeah. accoutrement, like electricity and stuff like that mm-hmm. on the inside. Um, so, yes, you're going to take some time and like move away from the party and go and do this. Um, so I'm going to uh, say that it is approaching time for the main event to start. Um, everyone's kind of taking their seats, watching these like smaller, less consequential matches as they progress. Um Mix, as you kind of are arriving near the president's box where that construction is, you hear um, a uh, musical tone play, a very triumphant orchestral horn um, piece kind of signaling the start of the main event. The announcer comes over the loudspeaker and says, Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Big Star Monday yeah, huge uh, applause and, and cheers, uh, mixed heavily with the sounds of Wookiees all cheering. Um, For tonight's main event, we have the indomitable Wookiee Chieftain Um Then you hear the sounds of like lightning cracking over the speakers, um, like very dramatically. Um, <laughs> From the center of the arena, um, two uh, plates forming a circle in the middle come apart, and from underneath on a platform is lifted um, a Wookiee with red and gray fur and the golden braided beards um, in chains uh, as he is uh, elevated into the center of the arena. Um, and uh, all of the Wookiees in the crowd start shouting rhythmically and in unison, something that is is not translating well over the translator. Um, he is uh, freed from his chains by some attendant droids and given a large battle axe, and he starts show- showboating as his chains are undone. Uh, Rob... <laughs> um, is this like a normal battle axe, or is it like a vibro axe, a light axe, or is it like, like a like a medieval weapon battle axe in Star Wars? Um, you're pretty far away. Uh, yeah, yeah, give me a tech check. Why do we need a tech check to see if it's made of metal or not? Um, well, that's not what you asked. You asked if it was <laughs> if it was like scientific or otherwise like special, which is different. It's a five. Well, it's a five. Well, then no, it's just made out of metal, <laughs> from what you can see, Rafa. Uh, I guess there's in like episode six or whatever, right? There's the Gamorians have normal battle axes. This is not that weird. 
Yeah, I it's mean, kind of funny. I'm like clutching my blaster pistols, and this guy's got <laughs> an evil weapon. So he's given his axe, and he starts showboating for a second. Um, there's kind of like some fanfare and other music going on um, before the event continues. So mix, you get to the area uh, under construction and nearby um, the president's uh, suite. Um, as you were walking, you did notice that um, security and other forces are like around the president's suite, like monitoring people who are going by. They won't stop people from walking around the hallway. Um, but they're guarding the suite directly. The construction, though, seems to be for a different box that is adjacent to the president's suite that looks like it is unguarded. Um, would you like to investigate? And if so, uh, what would you like to do? Or what were you? What would you like to try to find? Can I use... Um, I want to use my tracker droid interface to see if Match can get any closer. To, like, or maybe even go inside. Uh, when I can't. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna send Match in. Okay, uh, into the, the suite under construction or the president's suite? The, the suite under construction. Uh, sure. So are you, are you able to see through Match's interface? Yeah, I can, Is that what you can uh, do? communicate with it. I can see through your droid's vision and hear what it hears until it, this is you have a little familiar. Terms, but yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna say that mix like with your uh, your sunglasses on, uh, like lean up against a part of the stadium uh, like uh, hallway that that leads out into the seating, so that mm -hmm. you can kind of see what, like it looks like you're watching what's happening in the arena, but you are connected into match. Mm -hmm. um, now match is a relatively small droid, which means that like amongst the the chaos and the clutter, it is pretty able to like move and maneuver without being too conspicuous um so uh the suite under construction um does have a locked door but it also looks like there may be some places where um match could like force an entry um do you have anything to unlock doors or are you going to try to like sneak in some other way um with match yes uh he is a door opening droid so there is that <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, so uh, makes sense that he can just do that. So go ahead and just roll me a um, a stealth check for your yeah. droid. Um, I don't know how good I'm gonna be able to do that, but we'll see. Ah, five. Five. Um, yeah, five is pretty low. Okay, so this is what yeah. I'll say. Um, match gets the door open. Um, as you're looking through Match's eyes, uh, you enter into this um, this room. The door opens, and because you failed your stealth check, you were not able to like discreetly enter this suite. It's a pretty large suite. It's got several rows of chairs, its own restaurant, and its own bar. Um, and as Match opens the door, um, a large furry figure stands up from the darkness, holding some sort of tool. Um, you see through Match's eyes that it is a Wookiee, and it immediately uh, bellows at the droid, um, which just translates to scram droid. All right, I'm just going to have him <laughs> come back to me. That's scary. He scrams. <laughs> yeah, I think Match gets a little, I think he gets a little nervous being out in the field. So I'll just bring him on back to me, yeah. <laughs> 
Matt sounds like Zoidberg. That's kind of cute. <laughs> I can't do it as well. Um, yeah, spooky, unclear. Uh, we're gonna go back to what's happening on the main arena. Um, so the announcer is taking a moment to um, just like read out some sponsors and otherwise like set the stage. Um, <laughs> he says. And then a big like spotlight flashes over to the CEO president's box where you guys can see um, Donna Barhemian, who you saw talking to uh, Tarkal the other day, um, Tardal's father, and uh, you also see a shrouded female figure whose face even with the spotlight seems to be covered in undiscernible um i have a question okay so it's a hooded figure right mm. undiscernible face yes we know she's female because does she like how, how do we tell does, does she have like giant tits or something <laughs> no um so like she is like, standing with the ceo i mean like so she's wearing like uh right so like dark hood that falls over her mm-hmm. face with a black veil um right. in terms of like proportions of like shoulders to hips to chest like it is not like a full-on like you know like sheet over this person like you can see it fall she like got that on- hourglass yes like you can see that it is more form-fitting than it is just like straight down and so like based on the cut of it like this i mean it could be a male it's not like completely clear but t-shirt. <laughs> I mean, like, basically, yes. Like, not a t-shirt, but, like, a a, a long black gown. Um, yeah. Um, I guess it's more useful to describe it as, like, yeah. Like, it, it's more of, like, a long black dress that happens to have, like, a hood and a veil accompanied with it as well. Um, which is very ominous now that I'm describing it. Um, wonderful. Um, so, uh now it is time to introduce the beast. But before the announcer can fully introduce them, the lights of the arena cut out. Um, there night is vision. a yes, instant night vision. Uh, Rama. Okay, so we'll do this from your perspective then. Um, so Rama, you see that the lights cut out. Um, immediately, people around you start whispering and and murmuring their disapproval as something has evidently gone wrong. Um, then you f- you see and and hear around you the hiss of smoke being released. Mix, you're still standing nearby that suite, right? You're standing there, still in the same pose. Um, after Match has gotten scared out, and you hear, as the smoke is being released, a subtle opening and closing of a door. And uh, you hear the big steps of a Wookiee figure uh, walking, trying to be discreet, away from the door that you just tried to open. A voice comes over the intercom, um, and it is a Wookiee voice. And it starts. Spe- so I'm just going. I'm not, I, yeah, I can't do the, the Wookiee voice, obviously. And have you guys know what I'm saying? But uh, the voice says over the speaker, "Kashyyyk belongs to the Wookiees. We will not be bought by arms dealers and thieves. Long live the tribe. Long live the trees. And long 
mix. I need either a technology check or I need an investigation check. Okay, I'm way better at investigation, so. Ooh, that's a dirty 20, let's go. <laughs> Actually, that's you, a 23, just kidding, if we're doing investigation, 23. Um, as you walk back towards the suite that Wookiee exited, you hear through the door, Uh, I'm gonna assume that's a bomb, probably. Um, it feels like a bomb. Um, shit. That's the only reason things beep rhythmically. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, um, I, ugh, shit. Um, how many people are around me? Like, I'm, am I in the stands right now? So, uh, you are, like, the way that these suites and, like, sports arenas work so, like, if you go into general admission, there's those hallways all around the, like, outside ring of the arena that, like, take you into different seating sections, right? When you get to the suites, the suites themselves are basically, like, walled-off, compartmentalized, smaller versions of, like, stadium seating that typically are big enough to have, like, seats and tables and, like, a bar and, like, a small little, like, restaurant place for ordering food, right? It's own bathroom. Mm -hmm. So, like, you are on – you are in the hallway – outside of the door that leads into one of those like small little like compartmentalized um, seating spaces. And since this one is under construction, there's nobody sitting in there, but it is directly adjacent to the president's box. And the beeping was by the, the president's box? Yeah, it's in the suite directly adjacent to the president's box. You hear it coming from the box that, the, that your droid tried to right. go into and that the Wookiee came out of. Okay. Is there anyone around me right now or am I by myself? There's just a few like security and uh, like normal like wait staff kind of like going back and forth. I'm gonna open the. I'm gonna run to the door and open it really quick. Um, you open it and like you hear the beeping get like louder, and you see um, in the otherwise like dark of the stadium, you see uh, the red digital uh, numbers of a clock across the room. Um, a fixed to a like seat on the uh in the box um and you see that it is counting down from what appears to be two minutes so it's attached to a seat you said yes how big is it uh sorry it's like it's like not like attached like as it's like it's duct taped it's like there's a like a large bomb like place in the seat like it's it's carryable but it's like probably the size of like if, like i, a I wouldn't microwave. have to detach it from anything right no no probably not it's like a, it's it's about like microwave sized yeah okay and you said there's two minutes um well this is really a precarious situation you got 20 rounds of combat kid <laughs> <laughs> um shit um because my first thought was literally just to like throw it in the air, just to make it explode up there. But if I've got two minutes, um, <laughs> you throw it in the air, throw it really and then it far. just falls on the ground and explodes immediately. No, from but the like with impact. the force, you know, just like force push it way up into uh -huh. the air. Um, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in the room, and I'm gonna try to defuse it. Um, great. So you you go into the room and you hear the uh the Wookiee uh like interrupting uh, interruption um in the speech and it seems to continue to go. Um 
Too long have we been wage slaves to this corporation. Too much of Kashyyyk has been destroyed and made into the desert. Um, and you like lead over this bomb. So go ahead and give me an initial technology check just to see what what you're looking at. Okay, just to see what I'm looking at, not to actually do anything. Got it. Yep. Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay, you are looking at um, an extremely uh, potent but uh, concentrated explosive. So this explosive is designed more to work like a landmine or a grenade than it is to work like, say, a like large explosion, right? It's not like right. nuclear fission. So mm-hmm. the best you can tell, this bomb has been placed on a wall that shares space with the president's box with the intent of it exploding and sending enough shrapnel through the wall to eviscerate the president and anyone on the other side. Um, so while a powerful explosion that would certainly detonate hard enough to like crumble like two, maybe three of these like sweet boxes, mm-hmm. um, it's like just right off the bat, like not going to destroy the whole Coliseum. Potential for collateral damage is still quite high. Um, the second thing you notice is that like whoever made this bomb um was not optimizing it for stability which means that there is a a percent chance that just fucking with this thing at all might make it blow um ah we'll keep this simple <laughs> just got to write some things okay not ominous roll at all. above a five, I would assume. Well, hopefully, definitely don't roll that one. No, like those are bad. No, in this situation, just yeah. in case you were thinking about rolling one. <laughs> so, in terms of identifying pieces with which to fuck um, on this bomb, there's two sets of components that, that you can see that look like they can be tampered with. Um, there's a blue wire and a red wire. Of course. I was expecting nothing less. <laughs> um, okay, well, it's easy. Cut the red there's, wire. Next there's question. also a panel with a button uh, with a switch on the left and a switch on the right of the bomb. So there's two choices that need to be made here. This is how this is going to work. Um, instead of like just rolling to see which one to choose, um, I'm going to tell you this. Um, for each choice you need to make, right, whether to cut the blue wire or the red wire or to flick the left switch or the right switch, by rolling an investigation check and rolling high enough, I will tell you the percent chance that one of those things is the correct option. Bro. <laughs> I hate this already. I'm so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in you. <laughs> okay. So with these wires... Um, Give me uh, a technology check. Not investigation? I'm um, better at that. Sure. Investigation check as well. Perfect. 17. 17. So that's good. Um, you, uh, by, investigating the, by investigating these wires, um, it becomes clear that one of these wires is actually important for the, like, inner workings of the bomb you can see that the the blue wire 
connects the explosive mechanism with the timer. The red wire is also connected to a device that you do not fully understand. And it is unclear whether it is a dummy wire just to throw somebody off the trail or if it is going to trigger some sort of uh, mechanism. But you think that cutting the blue wire has the greater chance of success. Okay. Good to know. So would you um, like to cut the blue wire or the red wire? Um, yeah, I'm going to cut the blue wire. Okay. Pull out a handy wire cutter out of one of my many pockets. I like to think that Mix just has like a little Leatherman, like a fantasy <laughs> pocket knife. Oh yeah, for sure. They've got they probably probably got like three or four. Um. Yes. Okay. So you cut the blue wire, and you hear um like the beeping stop, and you see that the timer itself freezes but it is unclear whether the bomb has been fully disarmed or not um, and you do still see some sort of mechanical mechanism within this like large uh, cube uh, bomb structure seems to be moving so that brings us to the left switch and the right switch um, go ahead and roll me uh, another investigation check okay I'm gonna cast um, a tech power called Temporary Boost, which gives me a D4 on ability checks. Um, okay. Okay, it just says add the number rolled to an ability check of choice, so. Okay, that is a 12 without the spell, 14 with the spell. 14. Okay. So this is what you see. So you have these two switches. They're both identical, like, white switches that seem to connect to something deeper within the bomb. You're not an expert bomb technician. No. But, <laughs> but one of those switches does say power on it. <laughs> and you feel, like, 80% certain that by flicking that switch, you'll turn off whatever's going on here. Does the other one say anything, or does it just blank? Nope. All right, I'm going to hit the power switch. Given the information that has been given to me, that is my choice. Now, I did say there's always a percent chance of what you do. No, yeah, I figure you are rolling for it. So I am rolling a percentile dice. So you just got to hit, you know, anything on this D10 that's not a one or a two. Don't say that. (laughs) You rolled a six. Thank God. You hit that power switch, and for a second, there is the most terrible silence in the room. Just Then you exhale, and nothing explodes. Um, You do hear outside uh, people maneuvering out of the arena, um, and you hear uh, the sounds of, like, heavy leaded footsteps and somebody comes and opens the door and you are greeted by a bunch of blue and silver soldiers escorting Dono Barhemian and his uh, essentially veiled uh, female guest as they all say, hands up! Hands where I can see them! And you get a bunch of uh, rifles and flashlights in your face. Uh, Mix raises their hand. I think they're probably breathing pretty heavy because, wow, was that nerve-wracking. They don't say anything, though. Um, one of the uh, soldiers says, 
What are you doing here? What's going on? Uh, there was an explosive on this chair. I think I just diffused it. Um, everyone, like, kind of, like, is silent for a second and then looks at the bomb and says, get, get the president out of here. Get the president out of here. Um, and everyone starts, like, scrambling to get away from the bomb. <laughs> um, you are uh, put in handcuffs and, like, oh, escorted God. out with them as people start, like, examining the bomb. Um, the speech is going on still um, in the background as this Wookiee carries on over the loudspeaker. Um, lights are starting to be re-engaged around the arena as backup generators start um, going on. And then um, the lights come on and two minutes passes. And Rama and L, you can see from where you're at in the stadium, lights come back up on Tarfall, who is looking around sort of confused, like something was supposed to happen and it didn't happen. And in the distance, other explosions around the city can be heard in the arena shakes. And Mix, you're being led away behind the president as you're being uh, accused, essentially, of planting a bomb in the arena. Um, Rama and L, what you see um, is, uh, or I'll describe this, as the lights in the generator come back on, um, shots can be heard around the arena. The Wookiees um, in the arena are seem to be the only people like staying put as all the other humans and species start fleeing out different exits. Um, a voice comes over the loudspeaker and says, Sorry for the interruption, everyone. Please make an orderly exit from the arena. All the exits signed. Um, but you see uh, more and more Wookiees start appearing in the arena. And you see the thorn hands um, from the train start appearing at strategic places, carrying banners and rifles into the arena, and battle starts erupting with the military arms of uh, the Circa Arms Corp and a Wookiee resistance group. Down at the arena, the arena doors open and large lilacs, the beasts that you fought out in the sands, enter the arena and start facing down Tarful. know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.